We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory, a game review edition. Presented by Emprise Bank. Whether you're borrowing for today or saving for tomorrow, Emprise is your partner in possible. Just think of them as Chad Henney, the last time the Chiefs played the Browns. Emprise Bank member, FDR, FDIC, our partner in possible. We love them. Hang on, hang on. Didn't you do that ad read earlier this week? Yeah, but Henny time for a Chad Henny read is the right time, Craig. Find him on Twitter at Barley Hop. I guess we're just jumping to him. Hello, Craig Stout. Hello, Kent. Game preview. <laughs> we get to talk about actual football. We get to break down two teams going into this week. And I cannot be more hyped. Uh, Cleveland Browns fans. Uh, have a lot of very strong opinions about this game, as we saw on Twitter today. Lots of people that think that they they could potentially steamroll this Chiefs team a little bit, and I, I'm going to break down a little bit with my pals here. And the pal that I want to throw to right now, I'm terrible at transitions because I don't do them. <laughs> my good friend, Maddie Lane, at Chief in Carolina. Maddie, how we doing, buddy? Since, since you guys skipped me over, should I just exit the podcast like the Browns exited the divisional round of the playoffs? <laughs> like, should we just slide off into darkness until I could get my tweets off the following year about how they're gonna they're you know gonna surprise like the sixteen and zero over their last sixteen games, Kansas City Chiefs in the month of September or something? <laughs> no, uh, is that what we're doing here? Because I. <laughs> I don't hate that idea, honestly, no. Maddie. Let, let, oh, okay, I can leave then, Kent. Jeez. No, no, I want Maddie to stay. My goodness. God. Let's get to this game preview, okay? We, we we were waiting around a little bit to get this going. We were preparing. We were pre-gaming for this uh, U.S. men's national team game. So we were getting ready. We need to get this podcast out of the way. So one, we can watch that. And two, I'm excited to talk some football with you guys. This is this has been such a uh, the, the long national nightmare is over. We finally get to preview a Chiefs football game that has some relevance to it. This is so much fun, and it's good to be back in the swing of things. Uh, and we're going to kind of continue the format that we've used the last few years uh, with with our game preview, like we always have. And so it's going to be three storylines on offense, three storylines on defense, players to watch. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so we'll, that's kind of what we've done historically, if you, if you followed us for a while. So let's start on the offensive f- side of the football, because that's all that matters. If we're being honest, what? It, yep. You heard me. There's a big storyline 
uh, in Kansas City, the aggressive correction of Brett by Brett Veach on this offensive line. And it's getting a massive test week one against the Browns defensive line, Maddie. Yeah, and we can't start anywhere else, I don't think. Oh, okay, let me be very clear. We could start with Patrick LeVon Mahomes. We probably should start with Patrick LeVon Mahomes. But in order for him to get cooking, you know, the way that we all want to see him do, it does start up front with this Chiefs new offensive line. Five new starters, Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Lucas Niang. And yeah, you heard me. Essentially, from center to right tackle, those guys are all rookies. So those Chiefs are starting three rookies against a very good Cleveland Browns defensive line. Miles Garrett might be the best defensive line in all of football. Malik Jackson, a couple years ago, was seen as a dominant interior player. You know, He's been a little bit more up and down, but he's still got plenty of talent. Andrew Billings is a good nose tackle. Malik McDowell, another rotational guy. Anybody remembers his name out of Michigan State has looked great, finally working himself back from a very bad ATV incident You know, when he was, uh, I believe, a rookie or a second mm-hmm. year with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the big question for the Browns is going to be, is Jadavion Clowney going to play? He missed this practice with being sick. N- normal year, that would mean nothing. You would assume he'd be ready by Sunday. You just don't know with the COVID rules that are going on right now, just how the testing process will play out and everything like that. So presumably they will have Jadavion Clowney as well. And whether you think he's great or not, at the end of the day, he's still a quality defensive end. So this Chiefs offensive line is going to get a test right from the get-go. And it's not only going to get a test kind of in the pass rush, but the run blocking. This new offensive line should be a lot better at run blocking. They'll have their hands full with this unit, but I think that makes it a fun game to start off with. Right, Craig? Oh, yeah. And they've even got a guy in Tack McKinley behind him that can rotate in. So even if Cloney's not there, well, they've got man. a guy. And, I mean, he, <laughs> listen, Tack's got some glimpses here and there of quality play. This, this is going to be a good first test for this Chiefs offensive line. It really is. I mean, I I can't overstate how good Malik McDowell looks on the interior there. He looks like the player that was drafted a few years ago. His athleticism was never the problem. It looks like he's recaptured that a little bit. So they're going to have guys that they can rotate in against an offensive line that is playing their first true game together, not the preseason stuff, but the first true game together as a unit. I'm really excited. I think the Chiefs really went out, put a lot of time and effort and money and assets and everything into this offensive line. So we want to see a good result early. Unfortunately, this is a really good defensive line. So if you see some losses here and there, some, you know, if Miles Garrett gets Orlando Brown or, you know, Lucas Nying around the edge, it's going to happen a little bit, but you want to see them win more than they lose. You want to see cohesion. I think that those are the important things up front. It's obviously not going to start at a level that's going to be incredibly high. So you want to have a good baseline, good cohesion, and then build on this because you want to peak in December with this new offensive line. So really excited to see this early test. It'll be interesting to see how much Patrick Mahomes trusts this offensive line in a real game setting too. Because, you know, one thing is, you know, I could, you know, I'm could i very interested in the tackles and the tackle play and seeing, you know, how they do uh, with, you know, being, being, being a little bit more threatened uh, off the edge maybe than they've been through the preseason. That's one thing you kind of wish you saw a little bit more of. And it did look like, you know, maybe some speed, uh, you know, kind of affected these guys in training camp a little bit. So this is going to be a very good test in that regard with some quality edge rushers coming off the edge. I'm excited to see that. 
But Patrick Mahomes navigating, is he drifting too much? Is that going to become a problem? How is he negotiating the interior of the pocket? Is that pocket in along the interior staying firm and he's confident stepping up into it? Those are things that I'm going to be paying attention to. The run-pass split, though, is also something we need to be paying attention to, and it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, the, the lines have obviously been blurred a little bit with some of these run-pass splits because run-pass options run rampant through the Chiefs' offense, and the the defense in a lot of different ways is dictating, you know, whether it's a run or a pass in some of these situations. So there is some, you know, some some split there, but. You know how much you know how much do they try to to run the football? Is it is it a little bit more of an aggressive uh, attempt to 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 try to establish the run and and infuriate a large uh, large faction of spreadsheets out there? Um, but you know the, the, this is a this is going to be a good test. I'm I'm mostly interested to see the versatility of the blocking scheme up front. What do they lean on? What do they want to lean on? And, you know, how, how versatile is it and, and what are they able to, you know, establish and build off of? These are all questions I have. Yeah. And we've seen throughout the preseason, a variety of run concepts. We've seen a lot of gap scheme runs. We've seen a lot of very effective zone runs as well. We've seen a lot of stuff, which we'd hypothesize during the off season with the types of players that they brought in they might move towards a more diverse run scheme. So far in the preseason, that's exactly what we've seen. So while, I mean, people might look at this and say, okay, brand new offensive line. We'll see what they're willing to call. We'll see the diversity of the calls that they can do. It doesn't seem like they've been limited so far. They've really been hitting hard all these different concepts, been trying them all out with the first team offensive line, and all of them have been pretty effective so far in the preseason so i think that we're going to see a lot of them i think we're going to see a fully open playbook and i think that we are going to see potentially some more you know rpo situations where uh, these run blocking schemes that we showed in preseason now all of a sudden we're throwing out of them because patrick mahomes reads you know as the overhang is kind of a little tighter to the line of scrimmage I think they'll take advantage of the browns a little bit in that way but i'm really excited to see just what this new offense comes out like in week one. Now, how open would you say the Chiefs playbook might be, Greg? I mean, let's see. Uh, More open than the Browns way, playbook? All the way. Oh, Andy Reid in week one. Open. Hey, you want to know why Andy Reid is so damn good in week one? It's because he spends all damn offseason going through, designing plays, game planning for you, the week one opponent, and trying to put so many different wrinkles on tape in week one. It doesn't matter if you know what Andy Reid did before week one. Every single year he's come out and he's reinvented his offense just that much more. And that's why they're so good in week one. So miss me with all of that nonsense. You guys heard it. Andy Reid's opening week offensive playbook is like the cheesecake factory of restaurant menus. Oh, no. Run pass splits. So this is this is a big thing. Last year, the Chiefs only ran the ball over 30 times with their running backs in four games. Three of those games happened in the first six weeks. They were against the or yeah, against the Bills, the Houston Texans, and the Baltimore Ravens. Three defenses that all played the pass a lot more than they played the run. They were allowing the Chiefs to run the football. The Chiefs had some of their most success running the football then. Now Part of that was because the offensive line was more healthy, but they were also getting more favorable looks. How does that look this week? Are the Browns going to come out and are they going to play the pass only? Are they going to allow the Chiefs to run? Because we saw it early last year. 
the Chiefs will take it. They'll run the ball over five yards a clip 40-plus times. Ask Buffalo how that went. You give this more dominant offensive line these kind of looks, these free runs up to the second of rather weak second level of this Browns defense, I think it could get really bad in a hurry. So does the second level, do the safeties have to start creeping up? Because Patrick Mahomes, he'll pull the ball and throw an RPO. He'll throw a pass in an RPO even if you play pass. Ask Fred Warner how that went in the Super Bowl. He doesn't (laughs) care if you play in coverage sometimes. He'll just throw right around you. Now, if they give a chance to run, I really do think, though, if the Browns let the Chiefs run, I think this game could get ugly in a hurry. They have to try to stop both this year. Well, some of the people that could be catching those RPOs are some wide receivers with some question marks around their heads. There's Tyreek Hill, and then there's a lot of question marks. I got a bunch of guys that haven't quite established themselves. And Maddie, this is a chance for guys like Byron Pringle, McCole Hardman, uh, Demarcus Robinson to, to really take a step up in their career. It is. And McCole Hardman, I think, is every, the odds on favor, including everybody here yeah. to have the biggest mm-hmm. year. I don't know if this is a great game for him. This Cleveland Browns secondary, especially the cornerbacks, have speed. Greedy Williams, Denzel Ward, even Troy Hill on the slot, who's a very good slot corner. These guys are all fast, and that's where McCole Hardman really does his best work is simply being faster than everybody else. Now, I'm not saying he's still not faster than all these guys, but all these corners do run really well. I don't know if they're going to be overly pressed to carry him vertically. So if McCole Hardman's to have a big game, I think he'll have to do it in other ways. He will have to showcase a better understanding of coverage, of zonal spacing. He will have to win more than just with vertical speed. And I don't know if I'm ready to believe that yet. So I think this could be a big Demarcus Robinson game. This might be a week where Demarcus Robinson shows up big for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to go the opposite of that a little bit. I think that McCole Herman can win in the middle of the field against these safeties. Ronnie Harrison, John Johnson, Grant Delpit, Richard LeCount. None of those guys are blazers. So if they are able to get McCole Hardman passed off on a post route or something like that over the middle of the field, you might see him be able to take advantage of some poor angles from those safeties, maybe not being able to stay on top of that, especially with Tyreek Hill on the other side. It will be interesting to see, but somebody's got to show up. Now, you know who always shows up? It's our good pals at McAdoodles. They show up for you every single time you walk into one of their stores they show up with great customer service they show up with great selection and they show up with terrific prices they are your x wide receiver for your game day tailgate you want to go there you want to get all your booze and you want to head out to arrowhead now unfortunately currently you have to drive a little ways to get to a mcadoodles to get to arrowhead that's why we need to get one of those in Kansas City right here and now. If you are a franchisee, get a hold of Roger at info at macadoodles.com. Get one to Kansas City. Let them show up like I expect. McCall Hardman's going to show up this week. All right, boys. Players to watch on the offensive side of the football. Craig, what you got for us? Man, I'm going with Creed Humphrey. It's going to start with Creed up front. I know all the focus is going to be on those tackles on the outside against Miles Garrett. I know there's going to be a lot of extra focus on the guard play. Joe Tooney's the high-priced guy, and Trey Smith is a guy that everybody's in love with being a six-round pick. But Creed Humphrey's going to be the engine that makes this thing go, that sets the protections, that gets everybody on the same page. If that cohesion is there and he's able to handle guys 
in the middle of the field because there's some big, strong dudes on this Cleveland Browns offense or defensive line. So if he's able to handle those guys up front and keep everything clean, keep the pocket clean for Patrick Mahomes, get everybody on the same page, it's going to be a massive win for this Chiefs offensive line. Listen, we just did an entire offensive segment and we mentioned him, but we didn't talk about him. I'm doing this one time this year. Uh-oh. Patrick LeVon Mahomes is my player to watch in this game. He's petty. We know this. He might be the single most petty player in the NFL right now. Him and Tom Brady, definitely the two most petty players in the entire NFL. You don't think Patrick Mahomes is angry about what happened last year. You don't think he's still finding weird reasons to be upset with how people are talking about him this offseason and about the Chiefs this offseason. He 100% is. I think you're going to get the min- – it was against backups and a Minnesota Vikings team in the preseason. I think you are going to get that kind of performance out of Patrick Mahomes from the second quarter on. I'm going to be very clear. He's already talked about how hyped up he is. The first <laughs> quarter might be a little rough. Patrick Mahomes notoriously gets overhyped for football games, comes out throwing just the football out like a howitzer every single play. It might take him a drive or two to get settled in, but I really do think we are going to get a big just MVP-level performance right off the bat from Patrick Mahomes because I think he's been sitting around on that awful loss versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Devin White running his mouth all over social media about how they didn't give up a touchdown. I don't think Pat, I think Patrick Mahomes is out for blood this year, and I think it starts with the very unfortunate Cleveland Browns. Ooh, Kelsey, Kelsey better get those uh, padded gloves on. Those, those things are going to be humming. <laughs> <laughs> well, Patrick LeVon Mahomes will try to hashtag establish the fun, and if the Chiefs are going to hashtag establish the run, it's going to be carrying the ball Clyde Edwards-Alaire. This is a guy that we're all looking forward to seeing what the year two version of, uh, you know, last year off season seemed to maybe mess with him and affect him a little bit, not having some of the time to get acclimated to the game. Maybe didn't see as diversified of a route tree as we kind of anticipated from him. And, you know, he's got a full off season this year. He's coming in a little, a little bit unhealthy uh, there. You know, there, we'll see how that all plays out. Um, but, this is a guy I think, you know, you're looking for somebody to step up offensively. I think he is primed to do it. I'm excited to see what the year two version of Clyde Edwards Alaire looks like and how it starts. All right, defensive side of the football time. And I think, you know, we're, we're just talking about the trenches here. I, we're just continuing to talk about the trenches. Chiefs defensive line, which looks looked great in the preseason, has a Fantastic matchup against the Browns offensive line in week one, Craig. Yeah, this is a really good Browns offensive line. A really, really good one of the better offensive lines that the Chiefs are going to go up against. And they're going up against it in week one. That being said, this is the best defensive line that I think that we've seen under Steve Spagnuolo with the Chiefs. Everybody seems to just be taking that next step up. We're seeing Jaron Reed added to the mix, who's really kind of changed. They've talked, just absolutely gushed about what Jaron Reed has done so far for this team. And Chris Jones looks phenomenal at defensive end. There are a lot of things to be really excited about. And we barely seen Derek Nani, and we haven't seen Frank Clark yet. Like, I mean, there are major pieces to this defensive line that we expect to play a lot of snaps that we haven't even seen in their full go yet the last time these two teams played they tried to stretch they tried to run a lot of outside zone they tried to get to the edges against this defense the real success came in finding some cutbacks against the chiefs you know linebackers but the defensive line was pretty good last year 
I feel like it's much better this year. So I expect this defensive line to really hold their own against the same Cleveland offensive line that they saw in the playoffs last year. So I I think it's going to be a a great win up front for the Chiefs. This is going to be one of their biggest tests all season. This Cleveland Browns offensive line doesn't, first of all, doesn't have a glaring hole anywhere across the offensive line. Secondly, they are now going to be entering their second full season with each other within the same offensive system. They are playing very well with each other. They have great chemistry. They know what each other are doing, and they're all really talented. I think if I were to single out a single matchup, I do think that Jedrick Wills as a rookie played well, but I do think he was still the weakest link along that offensive line. I believe he was tied for the league lead in holding penalties last year, and they weren't calling holding that often last year. Defensive players complained about it left and right, if we all remember. So I just think that the Frank Clark or Chris Jones specifically matchup versus Dredrick Wills could be where the Chiefs might have some advantage than using their power. And I think you can never even transfer this over to Jack Conklin, who moves relatively well, but doesn't always have the best position with his face. His feet aren't always in the best spot to handle power. So getting Chris Jones or Frank Clark's length and power over these two offensive tackles are where the Chiefs can make their pass rush felt. I think that's going to be the best spot. I wouldn't expect much pressure up the middle against Petonio, Shredder, and Wyatt Teller, but maybe you can get some off the edge. The biggest key will just be how these interior guys, how did Jaron Reed, Derek Nottie, you know, Colin Saunders, how do these guys hold up versus the run up the middle? Can they eat up space? Can they hold their gaps? The Chiefs didn't do a great job against the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs in that regard, but they did it good enough that they weren't getting gashed left and right. They were making the Browns sustain drives. If you can do that again, if you can make the Browns have to sustain long drives with successful runs, you do have a chance. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs play the Browns stretch game. And if you're in a stretch game for your budget on your engagement ring, a very special moment in your life, the best person to call is how at Ruback Fine Jewelry. He is a guy that is going to make your budget fit the ring. He is he does a great job of just working into the constraints that you give him. He's not trying to sell you on anything more than what you can do comfortably. It's a a good company with good values. It's a small family-owned business. It's the oldest jeweler in Kansas City, and they've built relationships over the course of, you know, a ton of years. And they've and they've been able to to get people back. This is a this is a wonderful company that we've loved working with the last few years here, uh, you know, in the lab. And I've loved getting to know them. I've been referring them to everyone that is looking for a ring. Literally, I have text messages to prove it. And sometimes I'm just prodding and I'm asking my friends if they are looking to get engaged soon, Jake. But uh, yeah, they're, they're who I call. And I think if you are looking for an engagement ring, you need to talk to them first. Don't get caught up at a big box store. Make sure you go talk to Hal at Ruback Fine Jewelry. Go to ruback.co and set up an appointment. It'll be, you know, it'll be a stress-free uh, environment. You'll have house full attention i promise you you will not regret it all right the linebackers on this football team look a lot different than they did a year before some of the personnel is the same but some of them look different uh this is a big matchup against a great offensive mind in kevin stefanski yeah that's this is the one spot that i'm a little worried about if i'm being honest now anthony hitchens looks much quicker light finney hitchens 
I just you I wanted you to say it because I certainly would have butchered it and I would have offended somebody. So Hitchens looks faster. He looks like he's processing the game mentally just as fast as he was before, but he looks faster. Ben Neiman, a guy that the last time these two teams played was filling in as a base down linebacker. The nickel guys were Damian Wilson and Anthony Hitchens. Ben Neiman looks bigger. We're seeing him hold off some blocks better. We've seen him make a couple tackles in space. One of those things that's kind of a bigger knock on him so far by Chiefs fans. And then now we're seeing a rookie in Nick Bolton. This is going to be his first action in the NFL with a game plan behind it. I'm very interested to see how those guys look together. We got to see it in week one of the preseason, luckily against a Kyle Shanahan 49ers offense. Now, granted, it was pretty vanilla. You're not game planning for it or anything like that, but they did get to see a little more diverse concepts than just a generic run game there. But Stefanski's going to really go at, I'm certain, Nick Bolton and Ben Neiman on the edges, try and make them have to make decisions, make them make the right play. I think that that's where this could be won and lost on the offensive side of the ball. As we know, they're trying to play a little more stout up front, try and get into those second and sevens, third and eights, things like that. It's got to start on first down, and it's got to start with those two guys on the outside. And luckily for Bolton being his first game, he's not getting a Kyle Shanahan offense, which is throwing a ton of misdirection and really trying to catch guys out. Stefanski's great offensive mind. I really do think that he's really good at this. I, his his offensive scheme isn't always just trying to pull, you know, the sheet over a defender's eyes and catch them, you know, not in the right spot. He's essentially going to challenge you in a way that you understand what's happening. He's just going to take advantage of everything you do. So it's going to be interesting to see, I mean, especially Nick Bolton. That's where I think my eyes are going to be glued on out here at this mm-hmm. linebacker group, because you look at this Browns roster, you know, they have Austin Hooper, David and Joku, who they did flirt around with trading, but he's still there. And then Harrison Bryant, this is a quality tied in room. They can very easily force the Chiefs to go into their base defensive personnel. They can pull Ben Neiman and Nick Bolton, you know, out there flanking light than he Hitchens and just challenge Neiman's size or lack thereof, whatever he might have this year, out in space in between the tackles. They can see if Nick Bolton's up for the task of defending some of these outside zone runs. So I really do think he's going to be on the field quite a bit in this first week as a base linebacker. I don't think he'll slide out there in the nickel much but I do think that they will slide him out there in base a lot. So will Nick Bolton, you know, will he succeed? It's going to be, you know, uh, he's going to be put out there. He's going to be thrown to the wolves. And just how's he going to look? I have some reservations, but I do think that if he does a good job, just attack, if he can stay just in the right mindset and attack, 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 and just force this running back group that's great with Nick Chubb and, you know, Kareem Hunt to make their cuts and Lev Hitchens and Ben Neiman, Tyron Matthew, if he can play. We haven't even talked about that yet. We'll get there maybe and Dan Sorensen clean this up, I do think he can serve a role. Just It's a it's a tough task for him right off the bat. I discipline will be, I'll go. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to, in addition to him talking about the tight ends, Cleveland ran the most 13 personnel in the league in 2020. Yeah. Well, move over a, Cleveland. We're better at you than football, and now we're taking 13 personnel in Kansas City. <laughs> and 14, I guess. Uh, I just... I, I discipline is going to be really important for Nick Bolton. I know he wants to play fast and he kind of needs to play fast. He's got to be a guy that quick IDs and gets downhill because his ability to recover has not proven to be particularly great. The athletic profile is not wildly impressive. So that is something you got to keep an eye on. If you know, he might get caught 
um, you know, maybe out of assignment a little bit here because he's just wanting to play fast. He's wanting to play down. He's wanting to try to make plays. And I think you got to just live with that. I do think it's important, though. He is, to your point, talking about, you know, Nick Chubb, talking about Kareem Hunt. Nick Bolton's up to the task of taking on those guys in the run game. That is something he's absolutely up to. And it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch him going up against us. This is trial by fire for a Nick Bolton. And I think that's, that's good for him because down the road, it's going to be valuable late in the season when Willie Gay's back and Nick Bolton's gotten some growth and some learning experiences and a little bit of, you know, bumps and bruises through it. You know, it'll be valuable down the home stretch. This could be really good for Nick Bolton. All right, let's go ahead and talk about Steve Spagnuolo a little bit. How exotic do we see Steve Spagnuolo getting here in uh, in week one? I think this goes back to the Tyron Matthew point. I think this kind of goes back to if he plays or not. And now, according to Andy Reid, he's doing he's improved. He's doing better than he was before. So I can only assume that, that means that there has been a positive test out of Tyron Matthew after maybe not having a positive test. So I it mean, looks like a negative test was a negative. Yes. It's sorry. a good That's thing. Just... So Correct. positive, but it is a negative, a negative test. test. Correct. Uh, yes. <laughs> Tyron Matthew is on his way to playing Ken Swanson. That is where we are at. I think if Tyron Matthew plays, Steve Spagnuolo, I mean, he's obviously going to open up everything. I last year, in the playoffs against Cleveland Browns, he held Baker Mayfield to a five and a half yard, you know, per attempt uh, passing. And that's what he pulled out. So he was coming in. He very clearly threw Baker Mayfield off his game. He had Baker Mayfield seeing ghosts. He had him on the move consistently trying to get cover, you know, trying to diagnose the coverage. And then getting Tyron Matthew in there obviously helps them do that. I do think Steve Spagnuolo, similar to Andy Reid, he's had all off season to go out there and figure out what he wants to do. I think seeing Steve Spagnuolo come out in the preseason with so much cover zero, more cover zero than anybody runs in the preseason, <laughs> he's doing these slot drop coverages. He's coming out, and it looks like he's putting a lot on film in the preseason. I don't think so. I think Steve Spagnuolo is just scratching the surface of what he wants to do. I think those are staples. Cover zero, slot drop cover two stuff, these are staples to Steve Spagnuolo. He is not coming out here with your typical Madden 2020 playbook. He is coming out there with all new stuff. I think the Browns really aren't going to be ready for this. Baker Mayfield seems to struggle when you do throw a lot of misdirection at him. I think this is going to be another game similar to that playoff game where Baker Mayfield just has a hard time trying to understand what's going on because of everything Spagnola puts out there. I think we're going to see quite a few run blitzes. I think we're going to see stuff to get the Chiefs into advantageous situations. Like Matty said, <laughs> Steve Spagnuolo the, pretending he's Wink Martindale right now. Like really, <laughs> he, he really is. He spent the entire preseason just saying, you know what? Screw it. We're running more cover zero, bringing the heat against these young quarterbacks. So I do think that a lot of the stuff that we saw is stuff that we saw all throughout last year and the year before. So I do think that it's going to be more diverse stuff that's going to happen. Now, obviously you need Tyron Matthew on the field to be able to do that. Like you're not, you're not going to be adding extra to the plate of Juan Thornhill and Armani Watts in those schemes. Not to say that they can't handle it, but there's a, there's a trust level and Tyron kind of covers up some stuff just in the way that he's positioned the holes that he drops in things like that. So I do think that you need Tyron Matthew to do a lot of that stuff, but I think we're going to see a lot of advantageous situations and Steve Spagnuolo just blitzing the hell out of Baker Mayfield and trusting that this cornerback group 
that safety group behind him can really take care of some of the stuff that Baker Mayfield likes to do, knock him off his game like like he did in the playoffs and really profit because if they're going to give up runs. I mean, they gave up 5.3 yards a carry to both, you know, Chubb and Hunt last year in the playoffs. And it didn't matter. It really didn't matter. So I, I think that they'll give up that run if they need to, especially later in the game, and just really make sure that they keep Baker Mayfield in check. And hey, it's year three of C Spagnola. This group is a lot more accustomed to what you know he does. And this 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 program's been pretty well established. And I think even you notice that with Anthony Hitchens, I think you know the fact that he's playing as fast as he has in the preseason and how he started to play a little bit faster late last year. I think that's a that's a representation of you know this system kind of being well established with this group. So, you know, there's probably a little bit less of a learning curve every year, the ability to maybe get a little bit more exotic and do a little bit more early. And I think that's the case here. I think Steve Spagnola will be in his bag when he needs it. All right, players to watch on defense. Craig, what you got? Okay, my player to watch this week is Ben Neiman. <laughs> I swear. Come back. No, come back. Come back. Come back. I'm ready. Hit me with it. It's Ben Neiman. Listen, I'm going to say this. Ben Neiman has a chance to erase some narratives this season. He really does. Ben Neiman is probably going to get 100% of the linebacker snaps this week. He's going to be your dime linebacker. He's going to play in the nickel next to Anthony Hitchens, and he's going to play in the base. So Ben Neiman is the guy that you're going to see the most on the field. And through the preseason, he looks like the best version of himself. Now, that's not necessarily a top-tier linebacker. And, you know, I don't think anybody expects him to be a top-tier linebacker. But if he's making plays, if he's able to clean up some of the things that we have seen be problematic in the past that aren't necessarily athleticism-related, then all of a sudden, I think you'll see Chief fans appreciating him just a little bit more. This is the start of it. And that's why I wanted to cover him in week one. Because this is it. If he comes out and he looks good against the Browns and he makes plays against the Browns, we might be talking about this as a Ben Neiman year, kind of revitalizing his, you know, his view within Chiefs fans a little bit. But I'm really curious to see what this bigger, stronger version of Ben Neiman looks like against this tight end group against this offensive line. So a true Neiman season, according to Craig Stout here. Neiman for, season, baby. For me, it's going to be Legereus Sneed. And I think that another obvious one, I went with Patrick Mahomes on offense. It's I, I don't care. It's week one. I'm going to pick one. the obvious guys. Go for it. Legereus Sneed. Last year in the playoffs, the primary coverage player on Jarvis Landry, the Cleveland Browns' best you know, receiving weapon, 10 targets, 7 catches for 20 yards. Legereus Steve put this man in lockdown. He made this man's day difficult. I think this performance is going to be just as good, if not better, that you do have to consider, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. should be healthy for this game. We do anticipate him playing. He hasn't been great for the Browns, but he's still a lot of talent. You're going to get Sneed playing on the outside as well as in the slot. I think this is going to be a good game to just go ahead and let Sneed showcase where he's at right now. Is he ready to be a lockdown cornerback on the outside and then a playmaking cornerback when he's slid into the slot because he's blitzing? He gets to play a little bit more kind of robber and just undercut stuff roles when he's playing in the slot. So how does he transition to that kind of dual purpose role throughout the game? Is that really going to be the case for him? 
I think he's in set for a big year. We've talked about it all offseason. I think he's trending up to get into that top five conversation for cornerbacks. I think this is a good week for him to start. Steve Spagnuolo is going to have Baker Mayfield rattled. I do think Chris Jones and Frank Clark are going to combine to get a little bit of pressure. And I think Sneed comes away with at least one interception from this game. And you just kind of come away thinking, then you know, one of the big takeaways from the Chiefs defense, but Jerry Sneed is here. And we can go ahead and bump out Tredavious White on this top five cornerback list. Oh, baby. At least. You heard it. At least one interception. Sharpie. Wow. Sharpie. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go obvious, too. It's my turn to go obvious. I want to go Chris Jones because, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about him this offseason and the transition to a more versatile placement along the defensive line and more versatile a lot more versatility to his game this year because he's gonna be playing more on the edge this is our first look at what it looks like in a real setting i mean we saw it against the titans a couple years ago he wasn't exactly prepared for that here we are you've had an entire off season to to kind of prepare for this moment let's see what it looks like and this could be really an interesting game um, I think he could shut down some of the wide zone stuff. I mean, he's athletic enough, but he's big and physical enough to really set a good firm edge. If he's playing gap discipline, boy, that could really be disruptive. Good luck. And if, if Frank Clark's the Frank Clark, you know, that we, you know, the, the best version of Frank Clark, good luck running to either side. Oh, and by the way, Jaron Reed and Derek Nadia are sitting there in the middle of, you know, middle of the field sitting on the interior. So, this could be a, I mean, the, the, the Chris Jones experiment, moving him all over the place, we get to see the full reveal starting on sunday and that's that's going to be really exciting that's going to be a lot of fun to observe and i can't wait to see the first sample size we get of this you know dynamic defensive weapon getting the lineup a lot of different places it's going to be it's going to be really enjoyable all right boys might be a little rusty but uh it's prediction time we haven't done this in a while so uh let's go with craig who you got oh obviously i've got the chiefs here um i think better team Andy Reid on week one, we're going to see a lot of stuff. I agree with Maddie. I think we're going to see a lot of diverse stuff out of Steve Spagnuolo as well. I think we're going to be riding high after this one. And I'm saying that Ben Neiman does not play 100% of the snaps because Darius Harris is in the game at the Ooh. end of the game. Woo. While the Chiefs are protecting a large lead. I've got the Chiefs winning 38-24. And at least one of those tutties is going to happen against a backup. So it's definitely been a while since I've made a prediction because I don't predict preseason games. Get out of here with that nonsense. But for this game, the regular season's here, so you're getting the real takes. I have the Chiefs winning this game 31-20. to 20. Not quite as close as that score looks, but I do think if I remember back to that playoff game, the Browns did a good job covering everything deep. They did force the Chiefs to work down the field slowly. They made them work for it. I anticipate this game being very similar. I anticipate the Browns trying to make the Chiefs run the football, which is going to lower just the overall output. That said, I don't think the Browns are stopping the Chiefs very often. I think they're just going to prolong the touchdowns and the one field goal being scored. I think the Chiefs can will put up 31 points. The Browns' offense is going to struggle to find consistency. That's just the way it works when you have to live through the run, and I think that's going to be their only chance of success here. They get a late score to make it look respectable, but Chiefs 31, Browns get, 20, get their 20th point in like the fourth minute of left in the fourth quarter. So the Chiefs are kind of boring, and everyone. Ex- Hello. Just wait. Just wait a second. Look, everybody. Everybody just expects great things of this football team, and they have. 
uh, because they are the best team in football and they've been the best team in football the last two years. And I think they're the best team in football again. I am really anxious. I'm anxious. That's the word I'm, that's the word I have right now. I'm anxious for this game. I'm anxious to see this team remind everybody and leave no doubt who the best team in the AFC is because we've seen this little passive. Well, if you squint hard enough, the bills are just as good as the chiefs. If Josh Allen takes a step, the, if the Browns, you know, if Baker Mayfield takes a step, they can hang with the, the chiefs. No, they can't. The Chiefs bopped the Bills in the AFC Championship game. They were on their way to bopping the Browns before Patrick Mahomes got wobbly and had to miss the rest of the game. And Chad Haney went and locked him up. Emprise Banks, your partner, impossible. I cannot wait to see the angst and the aggression that the Kansas City Chiefs come out with after having listened to the Tampa Bay Bucks run their mouths all off season. The reminder starts Sunday in a 38-20 win for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm with Maddie. It's not that close. We will talk to you next week after a Chiefs win. Catch you later. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.